Wretched Radio begins in 3, 2, 1. Seriously, if you want to relieve stress, go to the Word of God. <laughs> oh my goodness. It's just so weird, isn't it? Do people say stuff like that? I apologize for it. Are you kidding me? Let's all do baptism. And I have a little pool here and we'll all feel nice and relaxed. That's baptism. No, baptism is a sacred Christian rite. All the various yogas are sacred Hindu rites. Wake up, America! It's time for Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Someone left the cake out in the rain. This is... (laughs) Hey, don't mock my opening. This is Wretched Radio on a Witness Wednesday. Going to take you out to the University of Georgia. Nice young man. I remember Ivan was doing some open-air preaching. He had the courage to step up to the microphone to explain to me how evolution actually happened. And his cake illustration, well, it kind of fell apart. Ivan, nice to meet you, sir. How do you do? You're going to school here? Yes, sir. And what are you studying? Physics. Physics? Cool. So you can tell me, based on physics, here's my big question for you. I'm looking for a science guy who can explain to me why I should believe in the theory of evolution. Can you do that for me? You can't really explain evolution altogether in, like, five minutes. So I guess a simple, like, metaphor, like, in baking a cake. When you eat a cake, you you don't just assume that the cake automatically just was created. It was a process. You added eggs, you added batter, you added stuff to create the cake, and then you baked it over time, and it became a cake. Like, cakes don't just magically appear out of nowhere. I agree with you. That's just like, I don't know. Yeah, see, that's why I don't believe in evolution. Because of that little detail right there. It doesn't come out of nowhere. Where did all the eggs and the batter and the flour come from that made all this stuff? Do you know the answer to that? Because that's kind of a conundrum for me. Yeah, I do. But, I mean, like, again, I can't explain it in, like... No, just tell me, like, where did all this stuff come from? It came from... from Space. Space. Okay, where where did the space come from? Where did the... Well, it came from a finite point. So where did the finite point come from? I don't know. It's before time. We can't. So you don't know? No. All right. You talked about the recipe. You used the analogy of the cake. Can I try to dismantle that argument? Go for it. Okay. When it comes to baking a cake, there's a recipe. It tells me how much stuff to put in, how to mix it together, how hot to heat the oven, how long to bake the cake. And then I've got a product that is design. It's called a recipe. And there has to be somebody who puts the recipe together. Otherwise, you just got a kitchen full of stuff all over the place. So if your analogy works, who was the designer who designed the cake, who designed the universe? Wouldn't that require a designer? Well, I mean, everything starts like with, a, with someone to like pioneer the way. Like the first person who made the cake probably made it by accident, just like threw stuff together and made it. So I don't Right. It comes with instructions now because it's easier but the first cake didn't have instructions okay so the cake doesn't actually have this so you're telling me the recipes just come together by themselves yes All, no design yes so it's just luck mm, mm, i guess you could say yeah it's just luck. okay so you're a lucky man well, aren't we all lucky people? I don't know. I can't speak for everybody. But you're a lucky man that somehow your ooze got together randomly into the shape that you're in right now so you can go to school. You're a lucky man. Yes. Okay, so you believe that we got here from a big point that blew up and got all organized, correct? Very small point. Very small point. So how small is the point that all this stuff came from? It's it's the smallest point ever. The I, smallest point ever? Yeah. Do you know how big this galaxy is, dude? Yeah. How big is it? Do you remember? No, I can't. How fast is the speed of light? You're a physics guy. Uh, 186,000 miles per second. Yeah. Right? Okay. How wide is our galaxy? Uh, I'm not sure. 100,000 light years, at least, maybe 120,000 light years. Okay. Dude, that's huge. Yeah. Right? 
And you know how many galaxies there are? Billions. Billions of them, right. So all of this stuff came from a point the size of a pencil? Yeah. Okay, I got to tell you, dude, I don't think I have enough faith to believe that. If you look at this building, there's no way you'd think that this just happened all by itself. For instance, I, you know, just your eyes that you look at, there's over 100,000 light-sensitive cells all working just right as you're blinking and looking at me and processing this. Now, if those weren't there, organized and designed, you couldn't even see. So you are fearfully and wonderfully made, in my opinion. I don't think you came from a monkey. I don't think that you came out of a primordial ooze. I think God made you, knit you together, designed you, and he designed you for a purpose. All right, I want to ask you another philosophical question. All right, Evan? All right. All right, do you believe that we came from a pencil point? Yeah. Why are we here? What's the point of life? What is the reason that all of this exists? There is no reason for life. Seriously? So there's no reason for any of this to happen or to be going on? There's no reason? No. Dude, that's so depressing. Honestly. Why, why do you go to school? I go to school to have a better possible future. But we're not here for any reason. Why wouldn't you just be chilling all day, every day? But then you'd waste your life. Why, what makes it a waste? Well, and then it, it becomes like social problems, like economical problems come in. It's, that's, that's Why is that a problem? problem? There's no point, you said. There's no purpose. There's no reason for us to be here, right? <laughs> what is the point of argument? Like, what are we arguing? What are we arguing? Well, I'm not, I hope I'm not arguing with you. My argu- right, if what I, if is I'm, the debate topic? What is the debate topic? Well, I came here today because I would like to proclaim something that I think you know inside of you and that everybody standing here knows. And that is there is a God who made the universe and he made you and he wants you to know him. And so he sends people to talk or he gives people a Bible so that they can read about him so that they can actually know the true and living God and answer the big philosophical questions. Where did we come from? Why are we here? How are we supposed to live? And where are we going when we die? Okay, where do you think you're going when you die, Ivan? I am going in the ground. That's it. Worm food, party's over, you're done. Yes, sir. Dude, I'm so depressed talking to you. That does not sound good. I'm not not very spiritual. Okay, then what's the, okay, so what do you you think the point is while we're here? Eat, drink, and be merry? No. For tomorrow we die? I think the point of being here is to make the world better for the next generation. Why would you want to do that? Do you want your kids to live a worse life than you did? Well, I'm asking you, I know why I want my kids to have a better life. I understand why I want things to work the way that they work. But you, though, somebody who doesn't believe in God, how, how do you determine what is right and what is wrong? How do you know that it is wrong to murder somebody? How do you know that it is not right to rape somebody? How do you know that? <laughs> how do you know that? The Bible tells me so. So if the Bible told you jumping off bridges are good, you would jump off bridges. Well, it doesn't, so I don't have to answer you know, a right. scenario that exactly. doesn't exist. Exactly, so when, you, like, when you're given a book that gives you lists and laws to do, yeah, I feel like I can come up with my own ideas. I'm, I'm my own person. I don't need to follow someone else's path. I don't need to follow someone else's rules to live my life. Ivan, I can what do what if, I want. What if, scenario, what if you didn't crawl out of the primordial ooze, but God made you and he made everything? Would it be reasonable for him to say, I have ownership rights of Ivan and all of these people because I made them, I gave them life, I gave them breath, I've given them everything to sustain them, He's the creator. He owns the creation. Would that be fair? I think there's two gods. There's the God of religion, and then there's the God of harmony and beauty and the actual essence that created the universe. The God of religion is a man-made figure. It's just an idea of what man thinks it is. It's not 
It's it's I've your a, representation. Do you, know that? do you know that though for sure? No, but I mean like right. everything I'm saying is like as more as like it's as fact as what everything you're saying. So if we really have both have no basis. Okay, Ivan. So we're arguing opinions. Okay, we're going to assume that the only two options here is you're right or I'm right. Is that fair? No. Why not? We because believe something. Com- right. Are we both right at the same time? No, we can both be right. We, we can, like, there's no, there's no right and wrong. Okay, I believe you're a white man. Am I wrong? Yes, you would be wrong. There you go. So there's right and there's wrong. And I don't hate you. I don't hurt you. We disagree, but we tolerate each other because that's what people do when they have a dis- difference of opinion, right? Okay. And in your scenario, then you're Christianity. You Christianity, and I'm and I'm Islam. Are you right and I'm wrong? Yes. Why? Because the Bible tells me so. Because the Bible tells you yes, so. Yes, sir. That's going to be your excuse for everything? Pretty much, yeah. Okay. But I get the Muslims here and tell them you are wrong. I'm okay with that. Is anybody here Muslim? Is anybody here Buddhist? Raise your hand, please. Anybody. Because you are wrong. But, you I, are that very do, wrong. but that doesn't mean I hate them. Do you think I'm wrong for thinking they're wrong? Yeah, no, I don't think you're wrong. I mean, Come on, of I, course you do. Honestly, I think all of religion is wrong. Religion was created to divide ah, people. So you do believe? So you believe I'm wrong, and all those people are wrong? No, they are not wrong. What they they were led to believe something wrong. They are not wrong as a person. No, but what they think is wrong, correct? What they believe is wrong, in your opinion? Yes. Oh, there you go. So we're the same, really. Now we just need to figure out who's right and who's wrong in this whole mess, right? Because you live in a time, Ivan, that teaches that there's no truth except the one that you believe. Now, clearly, I believe you're a white man is a foolish statement, right? Yes. I would be wrong. Now, just be, two plus two equals four. I believe it equals seven. Therefore, I am wrong. Excellent. All right. I believe that Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, the life. Nobody comes to the Father but through him. Am I right or wrong? Wrong. Excellent. Excellent. And I'm not offended. And it didn't hurt my feelings. I'm bummed about it, but it didn't hurt my feelings. And look at what we're doing. We are tolerating each other, okay? Here's what tolerance isn't. Pretending that we all kind of just get along because we all basically believe the same thing. We don't. There's a guy back there who is a Muslim who's telling us that all of the differences between Judaism and Christianity and Islam, we should just look at the similarities, therefore we'll like each other. I got a better idea. How's about we look at each other, realize we have a difference of opinion, but don't kill each other over it. That's a better idea because then truth will be truth and not kind of a fairy tale world where we just say, well, you believe something different, but nobody's right in this mess. You don't live your life that way. When you go to Starbucks, what did you pay for your bike? All right. I can't imagine that you would say to the clerk, I think you're wrong. I believe it's worth 189. He's going to go, well, then get out, pay up or not. So you don't live in the world that says it doesn't matter what you believe. It does matter. And I think that the Bible is accurate when it represents who God is, why we're here, where we came from, where we're going when we die. Got to pause right there. We'll continue our conversation with Ivan doing some open air preaching on a Witness Wednesday on Wretched Radio. The situation in Ukraine appears to be a long and winding and rather scary road. Tomorrow clubs are still in Ukraine. There are still club leaders there. There are still Christians who are willing to help other Christians with the very basic necessities of life. Would you have the ability to help some of our brothers and sisters in Ukraine to simply receive 
the bare necessities? I know that Cindy Marty is extremely grateful for your support. There just are really no words to describe the gratitude that we have. Believe me, the children and families in Ukraine are so grateful. Thank you so much for your prayers and support. Tomorrow Club's still alive and well, but dealing with the dangers of Ukraine. If you think that you could support some believers there, please visit tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched Okay, so I know it's June and Christmas is six months from now, but everywhere you turn at the moment you're hearing about the supply line or delays with mail delivery. So we put our heads together here at Wretched and thought you know, it might be a good idea to start Christmas shopping now. Write these dates down. June 17th through 19th. It's the annual Wretched Summer Sale that could possibly be the Wretched Christmas Sale. Those dates, most everything in the Wretched store will be marked down. All audio and video products will be 50% off, except Transformed, and all Wretched curriculum also 50% off, except Transformed. And our Gospel Booklet bundles will be drastically reduced as well. I know you don't want to think about Christmas at the moment, but we don't want to be those people. You know, the ones that say, told you so when December rolls around and there's some kind of supply line, postal service, stimulus check mask mandate state of emergency happening because we will be those people so just take advantage of the wretched summer maybe christmas sale june 17th through the 19th at the wretched store at wretched.org confession normally numbers aren't my favorite subject but these numbers make me happy MediShare is affordable biblical health sharing with twice the satisfaction rate of MediShare members versus traditional health insurance plans. The average family saves $500 per month. Over $3 billion worth of medical bills have been shared among MediShare members, which, by the way, MediShare has been around for a quarter of a century. Don't forget, telehealth is available at MediShare, and it will take you two minutes to receive a quote to see what you and your family could be saving every single month with MediShare. Affordable biblical health sharing. Please spend a very worthwhile two minutes at 844-34-BIBLE, 844-34-BIBLE. Important dates in Christian history. 1273. Thomas Aquinas completes work on Summa Theologica, the theological masterpiece of the Middle Ages. Aquinas synthesized faith and reason, incorporating Aristotelian philosophy into his work and provided a theological framework for Catholic doctrine. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. I don't think that I can take it. Oh, hello. Welcome back to Wretched Radio. Witnessing to Ivan in an open-air context. He was one of the first people to stand up to the microphone, for which I'm really, really grateful When you do open-air preaching, that is the heebie-jeebie section. Starting, hoping, somebody, anybody will engage with you. So I was extremely grateful for Ivan and his willingness to talk to me for a long time. And if you listen to this exchange, it's entirely polite. It's totally friendly. And I was able to cover a lot of theological ground simply because I was listening and trying to take his objections or what he was saying, not just to counter them or respond to them, but to do what we must always do when it comes to evangelism and open-air preaching. Run to the cross. Get there by all means. You don't want to spend your time just doing apologetics. 
That's nice, but nobody gets saved from apologetics. They get saved from hearing the gospel. Now, you said that the Bible is a book of laws and rules, right? Yes. Okay, we're just going to stop there for just a second. If the, if the Bible is a book of laws and rules, have you kept those laws or rules? No. Okay. So if God is the creator and he's got laws and rules, Ivan, what do you think that God should do with lawbreakers, with people who break his laws? What do you think that they should do? They shouldn't do anything. Nothing's going to happen to them. What do you think should happen to guilty criminals in the justice system? Should they be rewarded, left alone, or punished? That really depends on the situation. Somebody's broken 10 laws. They stand before a judge. All of the evidence is there. They're guilty. What should the just judge do with somebody? Well, depending on the crime, they should they should pay for their They're actions. found guilty, and they would be punished for it. It's called the penal system, the punishment system, because that is what justice demands. Justice says if somebody does wrong, there should be somebody that has authority to give them what they have earned for themselves. Now, I want to lift us up out of the earthly court system into a heavenly court system, all right? If God's laws, let's say, are the Ten Commandments, okay. you shall not lie, steal, look with lust even, not just commit adultery, but look with somebody at somebody with lust, have any other gods before the true and living God, if you've ever been naughty as a child with your parents, if you've ever not just murdered somebody physically with a knife, but you're just angry at somebody because they're a jerk or they're a terrible driver, Jesus said that's murder in the heart. That's how God sees us as somebody who's a murderer in the heart because God goes beyond actual actions, but into our heart and our thoughts, all right? Now, if you're like me, you've broken those laws, fair enough? Yes. All right, so what should the just judge of all the world do with guilty Ivan when you stand before him to give an account for your life? Would he find you innocent or guilty? It wouldn't matter, he could do anything he wants. But what would he find you, innocent or guilty? He wouldn't find me anything, I wouldn't be there in the first place. Work with me. This is what my Bible teaches. So if nothing else, you leave the campus today going, well, at least I get what those Christians are all about. A day of judgment, because we like judgment. We like justice, right? We like it when Jerry Sandusky gets arrested for being a pedophile. And given 30 years, it should have been 300 years. We like that, though, right? Okay, God does too. We get a sense of justice from God, who is just. So if God is just, and he's looking into the corners of your heart, the recesses of your mind, not only that, but the things you failed to do by loving people, by being kind to everybody, by helping everybody you could. I would be guilty if I stood before a judge like that. Ivan, would you be innocent or guilty? By your standards, I would be guilty. Okay, by God's standard, you'd be guilty. Okay. Not mine. All right. So if God is just and righteous and holy, and he has a settled anger against sin and wrongdoing, what should God do with Ivan? Take him to heaven or send him to hell? Throw me in the hell. Correct. Right. That's our problem. All right. That's what the Bible teaches. And I think there's nothing more provable than the fact that we've got a big sin problem. Look around the world. Go to Chuck E. Cheese's. There's a big sin problem. Even the little ones have it. Right? Yeah. Okay. So God is going to do a day of reckoning, a day of house cleaning, and he'll give people what they deserve. So, dude, according to the Bible, you agree with the Bible. Everybody fails his standard. The just judge much must give you what you deserve. You'd be going to hell because God is just and righteous and even loving. That was a beautiful story, but uh, really, it is not for me. No, it's a bad story. It's a terrible story. Do you know what hell is like? Yes, I imagine. Terrible, it would be right? Pretty awesome. No, yeah. pretty terrible. It's not a kegger with your buddies. 
And it's not like, you know, the, the devils are dancing around. They're getting punished too. It's a terrible place because sin requires punishment. That's a bad story, dude. Right? Yes, it's a bad story. Right. Do you know the gospel of Jesus Christ? No. No idea? Nope. Did you ever go to church as a kid? No. Do you know what Christmas is? Yeah. What is it? It's a fake holiday to buy gifts for everybody. Well, that's true. There's a lot of that going on. I agree with you on that. We have agreement on that. What is the religious understanding of Christmas? It was the birth of Jesus. And who is Jesus according to the Bible? The Son of God. Son of God. Why did that Jesus come to this earth? No idea. I'll tell you. He came to keep all the laws that you and I have broken. So every time you lusted, he didn't. Every time you lied, he told the truth. Every time you were naughty with your parents, he obeyed. Every time you failed to love God the way you should, he did. He kept all the laws. And then tell me about Easter. What do you know about Easter? No idea. All right, Easter is the, that little week where Jesus Christ, the perfect, sinless, spotless Lamb of God, was beaten by men, was punched in the face, had a crown of thorns smashed onto his head, was spat upon, stripped naked, so abused you couldn't even tell he was a human being. He was so disfigured. And then he had his hands and his feet nailed to a cross. Actually, he probably didn't have his feet. You ever seen those pictures where they have a guy on the cross and it's one foot on top of the other? They've been finding nails at crucifixion sites that aren't long enough for that. So they think that they actually put the nail through the Achilles part. They had him straddle the cross and then they put it through the Achilles. And he hung there on a cross, gasping for air, because that's how you die when everything pulls down. You can't breathe. It's like you're in a pool trying to keep your head above water. You can't breathe. You run out of air. And he died. Do you know why he did that? He did it for me. You got it right. That's right. And that's, that's, that's a bit why though? story. Wonder why though? Why did he do it for you? He did it for my sin. Exactly. But why? No idea. Well, we just talked about you going to hell if you don't have your sins forgiven. All right? He forgave all my sins for me. He will. But why did God do such an incredible thing? No idea. Is it because you're so spanky? No Right, because our problem is we're not spanky, we're dirty, and we're sinful. It's because the Bible says, in this is love, not that we first love God, but that God loved us and sent his son to be a propitiation for us. God didn't die for the world because we're so wonderful. As if he had a big cosmic refrigerator, he'd have our picture on the refrigerator with magnets because we're just so amazing. We're sinful and dirty and God loves us anyway and demonstrated it by sending his son to die for you a sinner. That is a great story. But no, I, it's a great, yeah, I, I thank have, you. That's a good story, exactly. All right, now here's the question, Ivan. Is it true? Is it a true story? Probably. Okay, because that's big, man. If it's not true, no worries. Live, live a life of whatever lifestyle you want to, good, bad, or otherwise. But if it's true, you will have to face God on Judgment Day. And you'll have to give an account for everything you've done. Ivan, isn't there something inside of your conscience that says, guy's right, I've done a lot of bad things. Isn't there any agreement that we have with your conscience right now? No. Nothing? Not even a little bit. What do you think God would have to do to convince you that this story is true? Show himself. He did, 2,000 years ago, and eyewitnesses watched him die and rise from the dead, and they were willing to die because of it. The resurrection of Jesus is the best proof anybody could ever have for you. If he came right now and wrote across the sky, Ivan, believe in me, I'm Jesus. You'd go, ah, Skywriter, the skinny guy set it up in advance, and he walkie-talkied it to him somehow, and he made it appear. And you discredit it because you claim you want signs, but you don't want the one who gives the signs. Jesus did miracles. Besides that, he created the world. Come on, what more do you need for proof? He gave you a universe to look around and go, yeah, 
Got to be something here. This The universe is God's great big cosmic. Hello, I'm here. I exist. Pay attention. But you're not listening. Right? You're not willing to listen. No, sir. All right. Before you go, and you've been very, very polite and very gracious. All right? Can you please give me one reason why what I'm telling you is wrong? Because otherwise, my concern is you'll walk away from here. And someday when God gives you your last breath, you'll die and go to hell. And I don't want that. So please give me some reason why I'm wrong. And then we'll all go home and and we won't bother each other anymore. Please, something? Um, I don't think you're wrong. I think what, what you believe in, I mean, it's you. It's what you... No, it's either right it's or what wrong. You believe in, and uh, I don't know. I have a hard feeling that I owe a debt to someone because they died for me, two thousand years ago. And I mean, he died for himself. I mean, he died for people that believed in him. Unfortunately, I don't believe in him. I don't. What'll happen to your sins on the day of reckoning, Ivan? What'll happen with your sins? Um, I don't know, and I don't. I don't really worry about that. I don't. I'm but you're a but happen. you're a guilty man. That's fine, and I can be guilty all my life, and nothing that won't affect me. You at don't all. like justice. You don't want guilty people to ever be sentenced. Is that correct? You now you're comparing two like indefinite things. That doesn't make any sense. No. Well, either what it look just because you're it's invisible, you can't see it. Is there is, is just irrelevant? Sins. And God, those are completely different things. Not if God exists. Completely. If God exists and He's the judge and He's going to have a day in court with you, then it doesn't matter what you think. This is what I know it's an earthly realm, but imagine a criminal walking into the courtroom and going, Judge, I don't even think you exist. This doesn't matter to me. I don't care. I don't believe in you, Judge. The judge would think you're nuts. Okay? I'm telling you, declaring to you. The creation testifies there's a creator. A book tells you it's Jesus. Listen. If they must go to hell, let them go with our arms around their legs, pleading with them to repent. This is Wretched Radio. This is Ratchet Radio, and I'm Jimmy Hicks. Recently, Major League Baseball's Tampa Bay Rays decided to get in on the sin-celebrating Pride Month by adding rainbow patches to their uniforms and wearing special rainbow hats. But five of the players on the team refused to participate, citing their religious beliefs. And though the team does continue to celebrate the month, neither team officials nor any of the other players on the team who are participating had any negative thoughts or feelings about any of the players who opted out of the virtue signaling. Okay, so if we could somehow gather the most creative minds in the world and give them the assignment of coming up with the most creative fiction ever created, I'm not real sure they could come up with anything as nutty as our current reality. For instance, across the pond, Prince Charles has been working tirelessly trying to stop global warming. He and a partner created the Terra Carta Design Lab, which provides money to new climate innovations, such as the latest solution that was created by a startup that Prince Charles awarded $62,000 to help with their new development, which is a mask that combats methane. And not just any methane. Nope, it's methane that's produced by cows when they chew. Yep. Cows eating apparently are raising the climate, and there are actual people who are spending actual money to create actual masks that they expect cows to wear on their face when they eat. I would typically make a joke here, but I think in this case the story itself is all the joke we need. 
Did you hear about Mattel, the toy company, getting in on the transgender craze? You may have because I think I'm a little bit behind on this one. Honestly, I missed it until just now, and that's that Mattel has created the very first transgender Barbie. Though it's not clear if it's an actual new creation or if Mattel just took Barbie's dresses and put them on Ken dolls. Last week, a pro-life pregnancy center in Asheville, North Carolina was vandalized. Windows were broken and red paint was sprayed all over the building along with the words, no forced birth. You know, if you don't want to get pregnant, don't have sex. It really is that simple, folks. Actions have consequences. And if your choices result in conception, well, then you have a responsibility to care for another human life, not murder it. It's not a forced birth. It's a blessing from God. Everybody's favorite daytime talk host, Joy Behar. You know, the opinionated co-host of The View? Well, she's given us another classic quote, and it's got to be one of the most thought-provoking and intellectual observations I've ever heard. Last week she said, and I quote, Americans would only be willing to consider more restrictive gun laws once black people get guns in this country. You know, I really did try to think this through, but I could not figure out what skin color has to do with it. But that Joy Behar has never been wrong on anything in her life. I'm serious, she hasn't. If you don't believe me, just ask her something. On second thought, don't ask her anything. More Wretched Radio is straight ahead. I'm Jimmy Hicks. Books of the Bible The book of Joel describes a series of disasters that serve as God's judgment and a warning that an even more severe day of judgment is coming. When you see the power and fury of creation, do not fear nature, but fear him who controls nature. But if God's people will turn to him in repentance, he will be compassionate and rescue them. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. If open-air preaching were a baseball game and I were a batter, Brewer just sent me a slow one right down the middle. This is Wretched Radio on a Witness Wednesday doing some open-air preaching at the University of Georgia, you know, back when we could. A young man stepped up to the microphone, always grateful when somebody has the courage to do that. Brewer, criminal justice student. When he said that, I have to confess to you, I spittled on myself. Little drool, because, oh, perfect, good, this won't be so difficult to try to wrangle the conversation back into the sweet spot to get it into the gospel zone, because the gospel is judicial. The gospel is all about justice, our crimes, and God's provision. And so when Brewer stepped up to bring his accusations, his objections, And I learned that he was a criminal justice student, and he wanted to focus on the issue of our sin debt and the payment that was made. Well, that's just a real happy day for the open-air preacher. Hopefully, you will hear something in this exchange that will help you to always make sure you are striving to direct the conversation back to the strike zone. Uh, so you said earlier that sin is the payment uh, that uh, that you that you pay uh, once you go against God's law, God's word, right? That's breaking a law. Yes, sir. So my question to you is, how is it any way just for a brief one hundred year stint on Earth for a eternity in punishment? Because that, to me, as as someone who is involved and active in reform for criminal justice, the crime does not match that punishment. Ah, that's a that's a good observation. Let me see if I can shed some light on that all right i want you to imagine Mm -hmm. that i lie 
to my son. Okay. Do you know what's going to happen to me? Uh, from what perspective? <laughs> Nothing. Nothing's going to happen because yeah. I'm an authority, right? Okay. And he's smaller and he doesn't have any power. Imagine I lied to my wife. Okay. Do you think there might be a consequence? Uh, yeah, you'd be on the couch. <laughs> exactly right. I'd be on the couch. All right, let's keep going. Okay. I lie to my boss. Mm-hmm. Could I get fired? Sure. All right. Now, let's imagine I lie to the government. Okay. Could I possibly be put in jail? Uh, yes, you could. All right. Now, follow this. Okay. I committed the same crime with each entity, mm-hmm. but the punishment increased each time. Why? Well, that depends on what you lie about. If you lie to your son about there being Santa, yeah, you're going to get away with that for about 10 years. But if you lie to the government about selling secrets to international uh, enemies, then yeah, that's a serious crime. Well, People lie in different ways. Sure, that, that, that's true, and I appreciate that. But if I perjure myself, I lie. It doesn't have to be about state secrets. Yeah. You go to jail. You yeah. don't lie to the court. Mm-hmm. Now, I committed the same crime, but I received a different punishment because... The one against whom I committed the crime grew in authority, grew in power, all right? Okay. So I can get punished more by somebody who's more powerful because my crime against that person is greater. Now, if God exists, because remember, mm-hmm. we're talking about God here. In, in the hypothetical. In yeah. the hypothetical, if you like. But if God exists and he's the one who rules the planet, and he's in control of every government, every person, every molecule. Mm-hmm. If we commit a lie against God, mm-hmm. that's why the Bible says all liars will have their part in the lake of fire. It's not so much the egregious nature of our crime. It's the one against whom we commit the crime mm-hmm. that makes the punishment so severe. See, that's where I disagree with you. I think the crime does match the time. Because when you commit a murder, you're in there for life or possibly to execution, depending on your view of capital punishment. Sure. But when you lie or when you commit these sins that will land you in the, uh, the pit of fire, the lake of fire, you're in there for eternity. And eternity is a hell of a long right. time. That was a pun, yes, it and was. I got it. Okay. All right, but again, did you track with me? I did. It's, it's in reference to the authority. However, that's right. in my understanding of the Bible, uh, depending on where you're coming from, what denomination you follow, any sin can land you in there. Correct. So for me, that punishment does not match the crime. Let me ask you a question, Brewer. Sure. Do you think there's anything that a human being could do to warrant such a severe judgment? For instance. For eternity? Yeah. No. Adolf Hitler? No. Really? I think he was a horrible, horrible 12 man. million people killed. Yeah, and I think he should suffer and punish for that. However, in my view, as I, I don't believe that people should be born right. in eternity. Stalin, who was worse than Hitler. Do you believe in redemption? Different subject. Well, I know they're intrinsically linked. I'm trying to. I'm just trying to. Well, they they, they are linked. I agree with you. But I'm trying to establish the reasonable nature of God's justice. Okay. We're talking about the doctrine of the eternality of hell. Mm -hmm. It's a great subject. I'm trying to demonstrate to you it is entirely reasonable for the highest authority in the universe to be so offended that the only just punishment is eternal damnation. And I'm trying to see with you, Brewer, okay. if I can get you to find a place where you go, you know, that guy is such a scoundrel. He does deserve it because your sense and my sense of justice 
are different. So I think I think that is a problem with the justice system is the idea that somebody deserves something forever. And I think that's a problem with our justice system in which we lock them up and throw away the key. And I think that relates to God in hell in the idea that once you commit a crime, you can never be capable of reform. And if, if hell was, if there was a way out of hell, yeah. if there was any way you could repent for a sin after death, I'd be more okay with that idea. But they don't have parole. Yeah. They don't have any way of recounseling that idea. Have you studied legal history yet? Uh, a bit, bits and pieces. Because you, your, your mindset definitely mm. sounds like the modern approach to justice. Yeah, it is. I would say probably even 50 years ago, mm. it was called the penal system for a reason. Mm-hmm. Not the reform center. It was called the place of punishment. Yeah, and that's the way it was set up. <clears throat> because mm. people agreed some things are so heinous. The taking of another person's life mm-hmm. is so wicked, you deserve to have your life taken from you. But the reason why we're shifting to reform now in the modern era is because that system doesn't work. That's the reason we have a well, two-thirds recidivism rate. No, it doesn't. Well, work. but the but the the current system has been in play for decades now. Yeah, and the recidivism rate. I think there's a lot of reasons, and we could debate that because you know we suddenly get into sociology, and there's a lot of considerations for that. Mm-hmm. But let's stay focused. Sure. All right. So would you would you agree that the way that Christianity approaches punishment is in deterrence? Don't do this thing or you will be punished forever. Oh, sure. I think it could be a deterrent, but that's not its point. Okay, then what is its point? Here's what the Bible says. The law is a schoolmaster okay. to bring you to Christ. Mm-hmm. You look at the laws of God and you should conclude, yeah, I've done pretty well. No, you should conclude, yikes, I have broken all of them. I'm in big trouble with this God. What can I do to be saved? That law should pull you to Mount Calvary to look to the cross to say, that's where my hope is. That's the purpose of the law. God's laws aren't just so he can punish. God's laws exist because they represent him. Okay. God didn't write morality. God is morality. Okay. And anything that falls short of that is considered a violation of his law. Mm-hmm. And it's a grievous offense because of his character and his nature. Right. The laws condemn, but God doesn't leave us condemned. God desires to save, hence the punishment of Jesus Christ on your behalf, so you can go to heaven. So earlier you asked me about Adolf Hitler. Do I believe that he should burn in hell for Let me counter that. Do you believe that Gandhi should burn in hell for eternity? Because he's not a Christian, and that's where he is in your belief. Right. Well, is Gandhi good? I would say yes, very much so. Not if you ask Gandhi. In fact, Gandhi said that he believed that he was the worst of all creatures. Here's another quote from somebody else. See if you can guess who this is. I've spent my life bringing pleasures to people, and all I receive in return is persecution. Do you know who said that? I'm going to have to guess somebody from the Bible. I don't know. Al Capone. Al Capone. Okay. All right. That's interesting. Yeah. So Al Capone, a criminal, thought he was a good guy. Gandhi, who most people would look at, was trying to be a pure fellow, mm-hmm. realized that he's more sinful. Now, without going any further in the illustration, sure. I would suggest to you is the more you become good, the more you realize bad and how much of it you have. Okay. But our perspective is out of whack. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I, I understand the, that, uh, that point. That point resonates with me. I get okay. that. The, the, it's the idea of like the wiser you are, the more you know that you don't know anything. Sure. But my question was, do you believe it is fair and just that Gandhi burns despite the good works that he has done? All right. 
You're a lawyer. You want to be a lawyer. No, I don't. Okay. <laughs> you just want to study justice. Uh, prison theater, actually. Theater for reform. Okay. Yeah. Excellent. I, you know what? I applaud you for that. That's a very, mm-hmm. that's a kind thing to do. Now, if the judge mm-hmm. heard a criminal that he knew it, all the evidence has been rendered, the, both lawyers have argued their case, okay. all the evidence is out, it is so clear the guy is guilty. But he mm-hmm. says, I did help a, an old woman across the street. Mm-hmm. I bought some Girl Scout cookies and I don't even like those peanut butter tag-along dipsy doodles, mm-hmm. and I once gave money to a homeless person. Okay. What would the judge say? Well, if you want like, a, like an accurate representation, it's up to his discretion. It's up to him to decide what is but just he, not But just. he would say it's irrelevant. It has yeah. nothing to do with your case. So grateful that Brewer stepped up to the microphone to talk about the issue of justice. Please note, while we were carrying on this conversation in the open air, there were passers-by and people stopping to listen, not to an argument, not to just apologetics, but to hear the gospel, which is always the goal of open-air preaching or evangelism. The gospel. We'll continue with Brewer next on Wretched Radio. Are we heading toward a dystopian society? Who decides what is good and evil? Who decides what truth is? Are there such things as fate or free will? Morals? Are we born with those? Or does the culture we live in inform them? Those are all really good questions and topics that we tackle daily on Wretched Radio and TV. Our goal has always been to preach the gospel, equip others to preach the gospel, and strengthen the local church. And we're only able to do that with the help of our gospel partners. If you are a Wretched Gospel partner, thank you so much for your support, which has allowed us to create compelling quality productions that catch the eye of unbelievers, but aren't so cringy they make believers blush. And if you aren't currently, would you pray about becoming a monthly Wretched Gospel partner? Help us continue to reach millions all over the world with the gospel. Just visit wretched.org slash donate, or you can also so just as easily text the word wretched to the number 44321. Let's visit a preborn life center in action. Look at that baby. Abortion pill reversal actually works. That's a beating heart. Look how small it is. Tell me. That doesn't encourage you to consider supporting preborn.org slash wretched. $28 purchases a free ultrasound for a mommy who will choose life. It is indeed about saving babies' lives via $28 ultrasounds, but it is also sharing the gospel so that moms and dads get saved. Would you please consider supporting preborn centers with as many free ultrasounds as you can? $28 for an ultrasound, 80% of the time saves a life. Learn more at preborn.org slash wretched. Thank you for joining us for Wretched Radio today. When is the last time you took a gander around the Wretched Store? If it's been a while, I'd like to urge you to do so today. The Wretched Store is home to tons of great resources, books, booklets, videos, MP3s, and curriculum. And I'll go out on the limb and say that everybody will be able to find something they'll love and learn from in the Wretched Store. So take some time and peruse all we have available. Wretched.org slash store. All of the resources that you'll 
Amplified are only made possible by the support of our gospel partners. We can't produce the content that we're able to produce without that ongoing support. So while you're visiting the Wretched store at wretched.org, would you also consider taking a look at our donate page by clicking the Give link at the top of the page. There you'll find all the information you will ever need regarding becoming a gospel partner. Wretched.org slash store, wretched.org slash donate. Wretched. Amazing grace. Amazing gospel. Hermeneutics. A vital part of biblical hermeneutics is an understanding of genre. One genre we find in scripture is poetry. Poetry relies on imaginative and figurative language to expand on a theme, examine emotions, and reflect on who God is and what He has done. God's timeless truth is written down by biographers and artists alike. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Totes enjoyed this exchange. This is Wretched Radio. Oh, totes, it, it's not like rubber goulashes that you wear in the rain. No, totes, that's the current language that the kids use for totally. Totes enjoyed this exchange with a young man who was a criminal justice student at the University of Georgia. His name was Brewer, and he wanted to focus on what I wanted to focus on. How often does that happen when you're evangelizing or doing open-air preaching? I always want to focus on Jesus and the gospel. And because he was a criminal justice student, his interest was in the judicial nature of the conversation that I was having with other people. And so while we went about the business of engaging on that subject, people are gathering. And as they hear this exchange, they are hearing the gospel, which is always the goal. Here's another illustration. May or may not resonate with you. Okay. All right. If Adolf Hitler who's kind of considered the most vilified human being on yeah, the planet. Yeah, it's generally agreed. Right? Offered you flowers. Mm-hmm. Would you take those and go, beautiful bouquet, Adolf. Thank you. Uh, no, probably not. Because his hands are filled with blood. Mm. They're stained with the blood of people that he murdered. Uh-huh. And you would not appreciate a very lovely gift because they are offered from filthy hands. That's what our works are like. Yeah, we do good stuff. I'm, I'm sure you do. I, everybody here does nice things. But those are acts that we offer to God from dirty hands, and they're not acceptable to him. But I think the issue is is that you're comparing one of the most villainous people in history to the average citizen. Yeah, the average person sure. does some messed up stuff. Yeah. They're not perfect. They're human. We were in, I think, your belief made that way. Yeah. All right. Um, I'm going to try another illustration. Okay. Let's right. stay away from Hitler this time. <laughs> I'm gonna, you're flying in a plane with Hitler. No, I'm kidding. All right. All right. Well, <laughs> all right. Gotta go. let's, let's just say we're in Los Angeles. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. If you looked up on a day like today, yeah. you would probably conclude the sky is blue. Mm-hmm. Right. But if I took you up in an airplane and you flew through the smog and looked down, you would see this brown film mm-hmm. covering the city. Yeah. That film was there when you were on the earth, Mm -hmm. but your perspective changed. You went higher. Okay. And you could see the dirt Mm -hmm. from a higher perspective. God's the highest perspective. So let me me try one question with you, Brewer. Okay. I couldn't persuade you that that Hitler Mm -hmm. deserves hell. A rapist? I don't think anyone deserves hell. I don't think anyone should be punished for eternity. They deserve to be punished for their crime, and that punishment should match that crime in severity, but it should not be without the possibility of reform. Otherwise, we're making monsters. Okay, all right. All right. Whether we're ma- they already are monsters. Mm, all right. I would disagree. Okay, I just saw it last night. Maybe you'll remember the guy's name. Mm. The, the most 
the most violent serial killer, prolific serial killer in history. What mm. was? Does anybody anybody got his name? At any rate, forty eight prostitutes mm. he hired to violate them and then murder them. Mm-hmm. You don't think that deserves punishment? I think. Oh, you're missing. You're misassuming my Does argument. Does it deserve? I'm trying to get do by steps. Does that deserve punishment? Yes, it deserves a fair punishment. Okay, but who determines what's fair? So we have a human perspective. So I think we do. My issue with your argument is that you're expecting us to follow a perspective that we, in I think your belief, cannot understand. That's not how legal systems work. You have to understand the law. It has to be broken down in a way that is digestible. If I can't know the laws that I'm breaking, then those laws shouldn't apply to me. Uh, actually, ignorance is no excuse of the law. What I'm saying is that if I look at a legal book, I can understand what I can and can't do. What I'm getting from your argument is that I can't know God's perspective, and I'm still expected to follow that perspective. No, that close, but not quite. Okay. You've got a conscience, so mm-hmm. you do know God's perspective. You do know that beating up small children is wrong. You do know that violating women is wrong. Mm-hmm. You do know that it's wrong to steal from somebody else. You know that, so you mm-hmm. do know God's standard. It's your conscience that he's given to you. Well, I know that, at least my belief, because that's the way the social contract and socialization has been set up. I don't think that's inborn. Well, I don't know that you can demonstrate that morality grew out of culture. Furthermore, mm-hmm. if let me try to reason with you from go this ahead. perspective. If God doesn't exist, there is no morality. I only preference. Only preference. Okay? Yeah. Without God, no morality. You can say you don't prefer that Hitler killed those people, mm. but you can't say it was wrong. So I, I disagree with you because in the way that I at least have been taught in our sociology classes at the lovely University of Georgia, yes, uh, <laughs> is that we create morality, mores, norms, sanctions through socialization, through our processes of agreeing to a social contract. That is human. Okay, and but that's that not my from, point. Okay, your point is... Brewer, my, my point hmm. is... Those things cannot be established as objective truth statements without God. Right now, we would all agree here that it's wrong to beat up a small child. But I fly to the island of Boingo Boingo, and they think it's good to beat up a small child. They think it's good. Okay. Which one of us is wrong? Neither. The so it's okay to beat up a small child in from some circumstances? From my perspective, not at all. But so I'm society not in their makes cult. that wrong. Yes, just, that's, that's how sociology works. Okay, exactly. Yeah. But I would say that it's an inconsistent philosophy mm-hmm. because morality then is changing. Mm-hmm. God's morality never changes. It's always wrong to be. Those people on Boingo Boingo are wrong. They shouldn't be beating up children. I can make that objective truth claim because I say there's a God who has laid down the law. Okay. You can merely state through sociological studies, that's our current preference, but we cannot definitively state that beating up small children is always wrong. I, I think that we can state that in like we have agreed that doing this act is wrong. It violates our norms and mores and should be sanctioned, and I think that's strong enough. I don't but, think- but, you're, but you're boiling when you boil it down, Brewer, okay. what you're saying is your norms mm-hmm. are determined by human beings. Yes. So the very people who do these things are determining what the norms are. Do you see how fallible that system can be? Well, I disagree. I think the people that are not beating up small children agree right. that they shouldn't be beating up small children. Okay, My, okay fair enough. But yeah. the people who are making the laws, if let's say different people come in uh-huh. and change morality, then it's not really moral. 
Well, it's just a preference. It's the current trend. Ah, no, no, no. I disagree. So I don't. I think when you say trend or preference, you say it's changeable as the wind. These norms and mores and laws that we have made are the process of legal studies and process of human socialization for centuries. The right. reason why the system is set up the way it is today, with all its flaws, is because we have progressed to that point. Now, I think that humanity is co- like is always moving forward to a cultural singularity to the point where we have an agreed upon code of ethics. I think the Human Rights Council of the UN is attempting to do that. And I would rather follow laws set up by humans by than by somebody I can't yeah. and won't ever Yeah, understand. so that's the, okay, this is the difference. Okay. You say, thus saith the Human Rights Council. Mm-hmm. I say, thus saith the Lord. Yeah. That's our difference. Yeah. Right. So we've, we've talked a lot about, I think we've verged into talking about proving or disproving the miracle of, of Christ, and I, that's not what I wanted to get into. I wanted to, to bring us back to our original argument. Right. Is hell reasonable? Is hell just? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I just, just because I have to get to class, uh, could I just hear one last time your reasoning behind why it is just in, in as few a sentence as possible? Yeah. Okay. Think of God like a clean room. Okay. Can't have any dust in it. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's that's like God. He can't have any sin. He's so perfect and holy and righteous and just and good mm-hmm. and filled with mercy. Anything contrary to his nature is like dust in a clean room. It can't exist. Okay, he's so high. Our perspective is broken. Okay, mm-hmm. we've we've got we've got a bad perspective on this. You and I would agree. Rape is bad. Hitting a little kid is a bad thing to do. Mm-hmm. God looks at it, and he detests that. He abhors that because he's a lot cleaner than you and I are. Okay. Our perspective is broken. So leaving you with this, Uh God is holy, righteous, and just. We have violated his laws with a conscience that informs us we are doing this willfully. Uh We justly deserve his temporal, and God has been very kind to you so far. Your temporal and eternal punishment is earned by you. But God desires to save sinners. He sent his son to die for you so justice could be satisfied, and then you could be made clean. You could be made white as snow so that you can dwell with God forever. Okay. All right. Can I challenge you on one more thing? (laughs) Go ahead. Why not? I appreciate you, Brewer. Yeah. All right. All the stuff that's going on on our planet. You know, we talked about justice. Uh Uh-huh. I tried to point you toward there must be a God who is just. Otherwise, there is no such thing as justice. Uh-huh. All right. I think that there's other there's a reason that we have laws yeah. because God has laws. I think there's a reason we have our senses. We can see because God sees. We think because God thinks. We work because God works. We create because God creates. We're image bearers. Mm-hmm. And the Christian faith, I think, best explains the big questions of life in a harmonious way. Where do we come from? Why are we here? What's the point? Where am I going when I die? Mm-hmm. Christianity, I believe, if you just want to look at it logically, it satisfies those four answers, not disjointed, but they all work harmoniously together. Where did you come from? God made you. Why are you here to glorify God and enjoy him forever? How are you supposed to live by his statutes and commands? Where are you going when you die? That's the million-dollar question. What was Brewer's answer? Well, on that particular day, it was no thanks. But God's word doesn't return void. And that's why you want to make evangelism and open-air preaching about God's word, specifically the gospel. And until tomorrow, 
Go serve your king.